0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. This we'll call the breaking news edition of the John Solomon Reports podcast because just a few minutes ago, yes, yours truly got the first word that Michael Flynn had been pardoned by President Trump. We broke that story about 20 minutes ahead of the rest of the news organizations around the country. We're grateful that we were able to report that out. This is a big moment. And, um, Uh, For people who have been on the defense of uh, Michael Flynn, it's a remarkable turnaround. Uh, This is a four-year odyssey, a criminal case that began in the summer of 16, uh, led to a plea deal where Mike Flynn uh, was asked and agreed to plead guilty to lying to the FBI, only to find out later that the FBI really hadn't thought he lied and that the Justice Department did not believe after reviewing the evidence, the Bar Justice Department, that anything was warranted. Um, uh, in terms of pursuing the case in the beginning. And, uh, and, uh, And then it goes to a judge, and it's a rare moment in American history where prosecutors and the defense go together and say, we think this case should be dismissed, Your Honor. That honor, that judge was Emmett Sullivan, U.S. District Judge here in the Washington area. And then the judge decides he doesn't want to do it. He wants to have a hearing and when they object the judge goes to the appeals court himself he becomes the appellant the person appealing the case uh, saying i want the right to hold hearings and and not just summarily dismiss this case and then out of the blue um, this eve of thanksgiving 2020 at the end of a very tumultuous year uh, president trump announced that he had indeed uh, issued a pardon expunging the record restoring Uh, Mike Flynn's uh, uh, credibility and name in the public. uh, uh, And uh, it happened about, uh, I would say about 4 o'clock, 4, 4. 4.15. So just recently, a few minutes ago, we were up front with it. We'll be covering it all through the night. Um, And in a few minutes, uh, we're going to go to my colleague and good friend, Daniel Payne, uh, uh, while the Mike Flynn drama was playing out here in Washington, over in Pennsylvania, two big things happened. A judge issued a stunning ruling ordering Pennsylvania state officials not to certify their election results. And then shortly after that, uh, Pennsylvania legislators, state legislators, had a hearing, held a hearing, and uh, uh, had Rudy Giuliani testify and went through significant Uh, evidence, reviewed significant evidence. There appears to have been some uh, uh, eyes opened and and, uh, candid discussion about why Pennsylvania residents are so concerned. And uh, that all occurred uh, in Pennsylvania. And the reporter who's been covering that today, my colleague Daniel Payne, you read him every day in Just the News, he's going to join us in just a minute and bring us up to speed on that. First, though, let's go to our great advertisers and sponsors and hear a word from them. And when we come back, we'll get all the scoops from none other than Daniel Payne. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. I personally recommend you sign up for the American citizenship and its decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call them, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We're clear of the breaking news and Mike Flynn, who is just pardoned by the president of the United States. And now we're going to turn to the other big news today, election integrity and some big developments in the state of Pennsylvania. And to bring us up to speed, we've got one of our best reporters here from Just the News joining us, Daniel Payne. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, John, good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You, you've had a busy day before Thanksgiving, and it didn't involve cooking turkey or shopping for yams, I can tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been working up an appetite. Yeah,
0: I bet you have. Yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's get our readers up to speed. Let's start with the judge. There's a Commonwealth Court judge's ruling in Pennsylvania. Let's tell our, readers why that's, uh, our listeners and readers why that's significant.
1: Yeah, so what happened in Pennsylvania was that uh, a judge ordered um, state officials there to hold off on certifying the results. Of the 2020 election um, until um, some uh, election-related uh, litigation could be resolved. Uh, now, now uh, uh, the suit that's being uh, considered in that state is uh, arguing that um, the vote-by-mail system put into place by the government uh, this year um, is uh, is in violation of the state's constitution. Uh, so while that while that litigation is working its way through the courts, this judge just asked the state or rather ordered the state uh, to hold off until those questions could be resolved. So it was certainly a big development uh, in this critical battleground state uh, with the, you know, the, the large swirling around there.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's the first ruling where any judges intervened to stop a certification in any of the states that we've been talking about um has there been any reaction in the state have you heard anything from folks around town obviously the trump campaign appears to be satisfied with the ruling but it actually affects races up and down the ticket in pennsylvania correct
1: right yeah i mean it's it's a pretty far-reaching order and i think uh i think right now everybody's just kind of uh scrambling to try and uh get their ducks into a row to get this thing resolved i mean certainly every party has every interest in uh, uh you know up and down the ticket of of seeing this litigation resolved as quickly as possible to, to get the results certified one way or the other. So um, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> certainly making for a, a, a busy Thanksgiving week there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that... uh, right now they have yet to move forward.
0: Yeah, that it is. It's an amazing. Uh, it's been an amazing time. Now, that that judge's ruling occurred just a couple of hours before the president's private attorney, Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York City, got on uh, the witness stand at a Pennsylvania uh, legislative hearing. Tell us what went down there today. What did you hear? What were the headlines? What was different from what Rudy has been saying on television? And what were lawmakers' reactions uh, and receptiveness to the arguments he was making?
1: Yeah, so what happened today in Pennsylvania was the State Senate Majority Policy Committee convened a hearing to uh, review uh, numerous allegations of voting irregularities in the state. Um, now, the um, uh, Republican state Senator Doug Mastriano, uh, he said that he, he convened the meeting uh, that it was called after he had heard uh, pretty consistent and sustained complaints from constituents and Pennsylvania citizens that there had been, uh, as he said, experience at the polls, with a mail-in voting system and concerns whether the, the Pennsylvania residents votes were counted. Um, so, yeah, like you said, at that uh, hearing today, uh, Trump's uh, President Trump's lawyer Ilyani, made an appearance as well as um, Trump uh, legal team lawyer, Jenna Ellis, uh, and they both made arguments accompanied by. Uh, uh, numerous witnesses to alleged voting irregularities that the state legislature should also hold off on certifying the election results. Uh, Jenna Ellis made a, a, a pretty interesting claim, uh, an argument there near the end, that uh, the legislature actually has the authority under the U.S. Constitution to to hold off on certifying this results, those results. She said that they do not have to wait for a judicial uh, solution that they themselves could do. So they made a pretty, um, a pretty strong case for, uh, you know, for considering a hold on the uh, on the results until all of these uh, uh, claims of irregularities can be resolved.
0: It is uh, remarkable that um, three weeks in, three weeks and a day after the actual election day. Uh, this much activity uh, uh, is still burbling in key states like Pennsylvania we got it in Michigan uh, there are things going on in Georgia um, when when you watch the the hearing where there are a lot of lawmakers at the hearing I couldn't tell from the shot I had if there were other uh, many lawmakers here but any sense of how the lawmakers responded to the Trump team's arguments
1: you know the the, the Republican lawmakers in attendance there all, all seemed uh, pretty concerned about about the allegations. Now there, there were there were uh, allegations from voters, from poll watchers, from uh, from lawyers, uh, and they were all uh, you know pretty consistent in the in their claims that uh, uh, you know. Uh, some irregularities had occurred, stuff definitely worth investigating and and the sense that I got watching it and I, I was uh, tuned in for the whole uh, roughly three hours of it right uh, was that that there is a a, a shared concern uh, among at least Republican lawmakers that were there uh, that that these issues have to be resolved and, and one thing that you heard uh, uh numerous times uh from from individuals at the hearings, it's not necessarily about who wins or loses. Uh, obviously, everybody uh, has a certain candidate they want to win or lose. But overall, what you're hearing time and again in, in various battleground states is people saying over and over, it's not about who wins or loses. It's not about my guy winning or losing. It's about certifying the fair results of an election, ensuring that uh, there was election integrity and that the every vote is counted and illegal votes are not counted. So that was also the sense you got today that that it it, it felt, uh, you know, uh, less partisan than one might have expected and more just an interest of of, uh, of getting the truth out about what exactly happened uh, in 2020.
0: Yeah, and that's the sense I walked away, that the, the lawmakers that were digging into this saw this as bigger than Trump v. Biden, right, that this was ultimately about a debate about. Are American elections going to be conducted in a way where the American people will still trust the results when we're done? And uh, on that note, you had, you do our, our daily poll for us. You do such a great job, you and Scott Rasmussen. I thought we had a really fascinating poll yesterday uh, that showed Americans want, uh, and let me see if I get this right. They want uh, all votes to be counted, collected, and received and counted on election day. They don't want election observers being uh, uh, ejected uh and uh they want um what were the other things that were in the poll that we found in the reforms um they uh,
1: they want that uh, yeah votes are, are uh, uh counted town count on election night that right. um uh government agencies should be required to clean voter registration that's files. it the voter files right exactly yeah and that uh, uh ballots must be received by election day and no yep. later yeah yeah so and those were very strong majorities that uh that supported all of those measures, yeah. somewhere
0: and somewhere between seventy percent on the low end to eighty-eight percent on some. Of the, I think eighty-eight percent wanted the voter rolls uh, cleaned.
1: Right, right, and I think what that shows is that is that these are issues that probably a ton of voters haven't thought about prior to this election. Yeah. Um, that that voting for and, and not not to, uh, you know it's 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 understandable in the sense that this is the case for a lot of people that that voting is is kind of a one day affair where people go and they cast their ballots and they think they're going to be fairly counted and they don't think there's any uh, uh, legal activity going on but uh, when when you have the sort of uh, uh, sustained appearance of irregularity and, and and matters of concern that we've seen arise over the past three weeks. People, people respond to that and and I think that's what you're seeing in the the results from the polls that uh, that voters seem to have taken a new interest in election integrity uh, following the elections earlier this month yeah that's
0: that's clearly uh, that's really clear in what we're seeing and in, 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 not just in the readers who and listeners who uh, send us emails or tweet at us or talk at us there is a much larger debate and I think people saw in this election things that they had never contemplated occurring in an American election before. Bipartisan observers saying they couldn't observe or being kept so far away that observation was impossible Uh, Ballots being counted three four five six seven days after election ballots being discovered belatedly like it happened in Georgia Um, And and then of course this idea that you go to bed thinking Donald Trump won and you wake up the next morning hearing maybe Joe Biden won Uh, It's clear that the they're not only rejecting what happened you know, the, the, some of the tactics and some of the experiences that happened here, they're really thinking ahead to the next election. And I think that that's, um, these hearings that we saw in Pennsylvania, I guess there are going to be other ones in, um, Michigan. And I guess Arizona seems more in doubt today than it did yesterday. But, um, there is a, is a big debate. Where do you think the debate goes next? I mean, we've got the court system, we've got the legislatures, um, have you seen any engagement in Congress yet where Congress maybe says we want to take a look at some of the integrity issues that occurred here?
1: You know, most of the activity seems to be concentrated largely in the state at the state level at this point, right. um, because uh, really it's it's still being played out at the state level. Right. Right? You're still having to adjudicate and certify and dispute these results. I, I absolutely think that it will eventually work its way to Congress. Um, this isn't this doesn't seem to be. The sort of thing that simply goes away even after the election results are, are certified. Um, there are uh, uh, very clear uh, indications that, that, that people want answers, that they're interested in seeing these matters resolved and uh, almost certainly that they uh, very much do not want to see them arise in the next election. So you're probably going to see sustained calls for reforms over the next two years, four years, six years, uh, uh, presumably until a lot of this stuff is answered.
0: You know, I'm old enough to remember and actually was played a big part in the Florida recount. I helped supervise and was involved in the AP's recount effort with the other news media right. uh, players, New York Times and others uh, back in 2000. And for six years after that, um, there was a continued debate about what are we going to learn from the Florida election? I think it was 05 finally when the bipartisan uh, government commission came out with its recommendations. So that five to six year window uh, that you just mentioned that might follow this election Uh, is very similar to what we saw in the aftermath of the Florida election. People care about this and they want to kick around ideas and they want to make it better. And, you know, you look of all the states that uh, were under the spotlight and uh, could have been in strife. Florida was the one that had the easiest way. They were wrapped up by midnight. It was clear what happened. Um, uh, So Florida clearly was able to benefit and, and create a system that in 2020 um, worked fine, but some of these other states now have been exposed for the sort of problems that you know they were discussing at the hearing. Uh, when you look out at the uh, evidence, was there anything today that Rudy Giuliani or Jenner Ellis or the the lawmakers, state legislators, presented that caught you off guard? Data changes, number changes, anything that you know beyond the election integrity work we've been doing here at at Just the News? You said, "Boy, that was new. I hadn't seen that before." Any anything that jumped out at you?
1: Well, no, and honestly, I think that's the most surprising thing is that there there really wasn't anything that jumped out at me because these irregularities that have been alleged have been so consistent across uh, the battleground states in particular. Um, You know, we've seen this in, in, we've seen allegations of this in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in uh, Georgia, uh, that the the same issues and the same potential uh, vulnerabilities in the system seem to be cropping up uh, 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 in each state. So, you know, when they they made some some stunning uh, claims uh, in this hearing, the witnesses said, you know, they were prevented from counting ballots, that uh, uh, there seemed to be potential intimidation at, uh, right. at some voting sites, um, that there were uh, uh, strange, uh, apparent uh, uh, possible vote uh, switches right. Right, in, involving the technology. Um, but, you know, we've been covering that very thoroughly at Just the News for, uh, for you know, the past uh, three weeks and one day, as you put it. So. What What is, is uh, uh, kind of striking is is not that there was necessarily anything novel presented today, but that it all feels kind of of a piece of so much of what we've seen elsewhere. So uh, that's going to be uh, something to watch, how uh, all of these uh, fairly similar claims play out in each state.
0: Such a great point. And um, really, at the end of the day, the consistency, right? In, in the states where there are questions, you see – let's kind of go through just a few of the ones that we see – uh, election observers were re- repeatedly being told they couldn't uh, go or were tricked into leaving or kept so far away or windows were boarded up um right. we we have these questions of pristine ballots ballots that should have been folded in three and put in a mail envelope to meet the law that appeared to have been counted or audited as though they were pristine and unfolded right that's one that we right. come up with um right. there are uh, uh, in wisconsin there's a, a, a pending case and, and they never did purge the voter rolls uh, right. as as prepared. And so um, we don't know how many of those people that were on the purge voter list may have cast a ballot. And then in Pennsylvania, now we've heard it in other places, Georgia, elsewhere, uh, we, we keep hearing of people who, uh, if they're a Republican, they say they requested an absentee ballot and their vote has not yet been counted, right? That's one that you've heard right. a lot of. And right. I, I think you interviewed some real people like that, right, didn't you, in Pennsylvania?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to a number of folks in Pennsylvania who were who, were, uh, who said that their vote uh, hadn't been tabulated uh, by the state yet, um, who said that they received a mail-in ballot um, when they didn't request it. And, of course, we've seen, uh, uh, based on broader survey data, that has apparently a, uh, been a pretty systemic problem uh, right. in this election as well, of uh, thousands or tens of thousands of, of voters receiving mail-in ballots that they actually did not request.
0: yeah. That's it. it. And then I think another one is a person that we've talked to several people like this, and I think other people have done uh, data surveys, Matt Brainerd and and others. Uh, People showed up at the polls expecting to vote because they and they were told they couldn't because a ballot had already been cast in their name. That's another dynamic that we've seen. And, uh, you know, I've covered a lot of elections. I think my first election was 1984. I've never heard uh, of, you know, large numbers of people making these claims like we heard in this election. So, you know, anecdotally, statistically, um, uh, witness wise, I think I've read over 250 affidavits from the various cases. I know you've read a lot of them as well. Oh, sure. Um, It appears that there's a large number of people uh, coming forward in ways, and as you said, consistent ways. To, uh...
1: Right, and and if this was a a pretty common feature of the American political landscape, we would have heard about it by now. That's right. Um, this is not this is not to, uh, this is an odd thing to have happened continuously, uh, in in multiple states, uh, and it, that has been substantiated by sworn affidavits. And and if this sort of thing were, were a regular feature of elections, you know, going back years, it's something that that those of us who who are pretty keyed into this world w- would have heard. So this this does feel like. A uniquely 2020 election issue and I think that is also why you are seeing uh, this great urgency to resolve it because it's something that people aren't just used to it's something striking that's that's arisen uh, very noticeably this year yeah
0: no really great point and uh, again we're not in the job of trying to help President Trump win or lose or Joe Biden win or lose we're in the job of trying to get to the bottom of the questions that the American people have raised and and the questions seem to grow every day. You know, and, and I, I think the presiding question now is, okay, the president's team has made its case. Uh, Lynn Wood has made its case. We're gonna hear from Sydney Powell tonight. She's gonna make her case. And um, these lawsuits are gonna wind through. And I think what the courts are going to ask now, right, is, all right, we got the constitutional arguments that some things were changed that maybe the legislature didn't approve. We understand you're claiming that Uh, Voters were treated differently in different parts of a state and therefore the unequal or the uh, Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution may have been violated. Can you prove to me that enough votes are in question that a 20,000 vote lead in Wisconsin or 12,000 vote lead in Georgia or, you know, 70, 80,000 vote lead in uh, Michigan or Pennsylvania, one of them is 150, one of them is 80, that you can erase those leads anything you heard today uh, suggests that there are enough votes in question in Pennsylvania to erase the the, the lead that Joe Biden currently is listed with
1: you know I, I've heard going back that there is there is uh, the potential of um, certainly over over a uh, hundred thousand votes that uh, that are you know not uh, definitively one way or the other but are, are questionable in Pennsylvania uh, and I didn't hear anything uh, today at this hearing to challenge that so I, I think that to uh, I think that those votes are very much still in play. And, uh, you know, whether or not that turns out to be uh, just some easily explainable administrative issue or if, uh, you know, some of the votes are, are, are questionable and others are are able to be resolved, uh, obviously we don't have that information yet. But there definitely is this sense that it's coming to a head. I mean, uh, you know, the GSA has, has indicated that uh, uh, the transition can begin. Uh, people seem to be making moves towards a... Uh, towards sort of getting things rolling here and uh, I I think that what we're gonna see over the next week or maybe a little longer is is all the evidence that uh, that they have uh, uh, coming into light so the the ideal scenario is that we have uh, some pretty concrete answers as to uh, what happened uh, where the votes stand where the ballots stand uh, relatively soon
0: the um, it is going to be a pretty remarkable um a few days anyone who thinks that we're heading into a holiday lull hasn't lived through the last three weeks with (laughs) eyes wide open it's going to be a pretty pretty remarkable time daniel we're so lucky that you're on the front lines for us here at just the news doing the sort of reporting we're we're doing and we thank you for updating us as we head into our big turkey day tomorrow and i'm sure we'll have you back on in fact i know we're going to have you on back on next week because while i'm out of town you're going to be the guest host of this podcast next week, isn't that right?
1: That's very right. I, you know, I, I uh, you know, your readers are going to uh, be lucky to be subject to me for an entire week. So uh, You can apologize <laughs> well, to them afterwards.
0: <laughs> I won't have to apologize at all. They're going to be uh, well served by an outstanding journalist. You, you do a great work for us.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: That's uh, the code JustNews50 at Factormeals.com. One more time, Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Use the JustNews50 code, and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors, particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way Nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Just News. That's promo code Just News at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code Just News for 15% off. Folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I wasn't planning to do one on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, but news warranted, and so we have it out. What a day. Uh, We can sum it up pretty simply this way. Mike Flynn is pardoned. A Pennsylvania judge stopped certification of election results, and Rudy Giuliani, for the first time, got to make the president's election integrity case before a state legislature in Pennsylvania. That's a lot of news to head into the Thanksgiving dinner uh, uh, holiday weekend with you, uh, but we brought it to you here live. We hope it's helpful. And uh, I, from my family and uh, all of my great colleagues here at Just the News at John Solomon Reports, we wish you a blessed and happy and bountiful Thanksgiving, whether you're staying home, traveling on the road, whatever you're doing, uh, please know that we're giving you our best. We thank you for your support, your readership, your listenership, your viewership on Real America's Voice every day you make us better by being part of the just the news family and i know this year when i break bread tomorrow with my beautiful wife judy my son josh my niece elizabeth we will be sitting around thankful that so many of you engage in uh, the news here at just the news want the facts want us to just give you the facts and stay out of the way not indoctrinate you Let you make up your own mind. We're grateful for that audience, grateful for that support. We're going to continue to work hard to earn your trust uh, all through these next many years here at Just the News. But thank you for all you've done to get us on our maiden voyage of journalism at justthenews.com. All right, we'll take tomorrow off, and on Friday we'll be back. With uh, some members of the Trump team to talk about what has transpired in these historic days after the November 2020 election. I'm John Solomon, and you've been listening to John Solomon Reports. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out.